John Barrowman did not survive. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Five years ago, a man descended from his lofty tower, located in the SunTrust building, in which he decided to read fan fiction and enlighten the internet. That man is here five years later to read to you fan fiction that was written by the authors of these original tales today. I present to you episode 68 of Pretentious Internet Theater with your host, Andrew Cook. Thank you. Thank you, one and all. Uh, that was a great introduction we had. Uh, special guest, me, doing the voice. <clears throat> Welcome to episode 68 of Pretentious Internet Theater. I am your host, Andrew Cook, a man so leet that I've managed to do my podcast for five years when some people can't get past five episodes. Thank you. I'm not, no, I'm not shaming anybody. I don't. I'm just telling you how great it is that I have so many people who have written fan fiction live and presented it for me, what we're going to be having read today. Some are writing now, and we won't interrupt these people's creative functions. In doing this show for five years, and we'll see what happens after I get to episode 100, because I don't know. I can tell you what's going to happen next episode, though. If you can do math, you'll figure out it might be sexy. I'm going to bring sexy back next episode. But for now, at Megacon 2014, I have a much more packed room. And I see that the Narutards have left. So my writer has been fulfilled. Now, for those of you who might have just come into the room and don't know what's happening, we're going to be presenting the greatest literature that exists on the internet, fan fiction. And for those of you who will be reading these stories tonight, I thank you. You are brave soldiers willing to come forward and present your work. And for those of you who have written these more trashy fan fictions, what were you thinking? I know what I was thinking when I started this podcast. I wanted to spotlight these people and every one of them not except for one who said I could do it said they appreciated it in fact with one of my stories Joker as Joker saves the ponies the author the fine British gentleman decided to make a movie of it and I'll link it for this episode in which you can find on pitpodcast.com also, you can like us on Facebook at Pretentious Internet Theater and follow us on Twitter at The Pit Podcast. If you need to email me, I am at The Pit Podcast at gmail.com. Just email Andrew Cook. I may have one of my minions get a hold of you. But for now, on with the fan fiction. Let's have you start first, sir. What, uh, what is your name? You can come up here on stage. That would be awesome. I'm going to make a little room for you. There you go. Clap applaud. Thank you. Uh, sorry. I'm sorry. My presence has stunned these people. 
these these elite listeners who decided to be here after the plebeians left, the elite listeners that stayed behind were absolutely transfixed and stunned by me. I'm dressed so ornately for my fifth anniversary. James Brown has come back from the dead and said that he was in shame. Pope Francis said this is why he doesn't dress the way he does. Now, sir, your name with your cracked phone. Um, my pen name? Yes. Uh, unhappy Echidna. Unhappy Echidna. As in, like, Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah. As in, like, Knuckles. As in, like, Knuckles. Oh, <clears throat> so, what do you think about Knuckles' new redesign? Uh, I'm, it's, it's a little wonky to me, but... It's a little wonky to everybody. Anyway, what's the story you'll be reading today? It's my prologue chapter to um, a Ruby fanfiction called uh, Nightmares and Fairy Tales. All right. Let's bring that fanfiction to you all. Enjoy. They were running through the forest as fast as they could. The smaller of the two was in the lead. Ruby had always been faster thanks to her semblance. Normally she only used it to goof around, but right now she had to use it to her full potential. Her mom had told her to run, so she did just that. She kept looking back, though. Her mother seemed slower than usual. As much as Ruby wanted to do what her mother told her, she didn't want to leave her behind. She bit her lip, making a decision. She slowed down, giving her mother time to catch up. What did I tell you? They're gaining on us, and you're faster than me. Run and get out of here, her mother screamed. She was livid. Her daughter had just broken the one rule she had set, allowing Ruby to come with her. I'm not leaving you, the little girl screamed back. What's the big deal, she thought. Wouldn't we send a better chance, a better chance together anyway? Two's better than one, right? Ruby glanced back at her mother. She noticed a red blotch at the bottom of her white cape. When did that get there? It's probably from the Beowulf. She stopped, staring at her mother's cape, and um, looked up at her mother's face. She was giving Ruby a look so filled with rage, if looks could kill, Ruby would have killed over right there. The, redhead eye, the redhead's eyes filled with tears, but she blinked them away and kept running, not wanting to anger her mother any further. Her mother was going to start reprimanding Ruby, but decided against it. Now is not the time. Her daughter was already crying, and they couldn't afford to delay any longer. They needed to keep running. This wasn't supposed to happen this way. It was supposed to be easy. Ruby's mom thought to herself as they ran. It had been Ruby's birthday two weeks ago, and the only thing the girl wanted was to go on a mission with her mother. After hours of pleading, and her daughter making that face that was so adorable, it could stop a death stalker in his tracks, she finally gave in. Fine, but only one that I choose, and no matter what, and no matter what you do as I say, understand? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, the young girl squeaked as she hugged her mother. I mean, the biggest hug she could muster up. I'll do awesome, I promise. You'll see. I'm going to practice right now. With that, the girl detached from her mother and disappearing, leaving a trail of rose petals, making a sweet smell hang in the air. In her previous spot, thanks to your semblance. Thank you. Thank you for that very enlightening story. <clears throat> that was very nice of you to read that story and share it with us. Anyone else here? I see you have a, you have a story. Oh, uh, my uh, co-conspirator, Dirty Hobbit, has a fan fiction for us. Uh, what is what is the genre here? Uh, this is uh, this is Iron Iron Man fan fiction. So, I was inspired. Tony had boredom. This happened all the time. The problems of money and privilege. 
Tony had seen a man turned inside out by a gun he himself invented, had seen the moment of an atom splitting, and had himself slipped bodily from the bonds of the exosphere. So how could anything around the house possibly hold his interest now? Jarvis, he said. Yes, sir. Jarvis, his male British voice so typical, vibrated in the ear implant in Tony's head. What do you look like? I'm a computer, sir. I do not have a corporeal appearance. Let's design one for you. Screen. A blue screen flicked to life next to Tony. Something sexy. Sir? Yeah, like 5'7". Thin, red-headed, sir? No, no, I'm bored with that. Let's do a brunette. A woman appeared on the screen in silhouette. Nice. Let's do a bathing suit. Gucci. A curvy two-piece in white wrapped around the frame on the screen. Perfect. The woman turned toward Tony in the screen and looked him in the eyes. Jarvis's voice came from its mouth. And this is to be my figure? Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. And my voice, sir? The woman was speaking now on screen, looking a little irritated. No, Jarvis, I like your voice. Let's keep it just the way it is. Thank you, dirty hobbit. That, that was... Ah, well, we're not going to make it to episode 69. I think we're done. (laughs) We've had a wonderful podcast. Wow. (laughs) That, that was impressive. And you just wrote that. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> I'm trying to find the fan fiction that I wrote. Or at least, if you, if you go back, I think, to the Christmas episode before last, you get to hear the Easter egg at the end of the episode is I read the first draft of the original piece I tried writing, except I removed, changed the names so they're more in line with... They're not anywhere what they are now. One of the women is fanning herself based off your story. It's impressive. Ma'am, you you need that in your life. He's married. So (laughs) Dirty Dirty Hobbit has a ring on. Not the one ring, but still. Nonetheless, would you like to uh, read some fan fiction for us? Okay, you seem to be into Marvel Comics. I see you have a Iron Man shirt. And a Deadpool pin. Yes. I saw a few Deadpools today. One of them was a baby Deadpool. Now, I don't know if this is a tome, so we're going to set uh, the time limit here. Your, fan- your fandom. Your, your, uh, your name, please. Um, Forever Nerd. Forever Nerd. Okay. I remember I used to watch a show called Forever Night. He came across, and so did I. All right. Inside joke for only one of my friends will appreciate. Forever Nerd, what story will you be reading for us? Um, it's an original little skit type. All right. Let's listen to your Iron Man and Iron Man. Okay, let's go. (laughs) He remembers Yorkshire. The ash as it fell from the sky like so much snow. The war of his dragon and the heat of fire. He remembers the eruption of war on the fledging country's front lawn and the electric feel of magic in his veins. He remembers the portal, the bloody tear in the sky above the capital, that wretched feeling as he and his partner were forced through. He remembers a battle in a place of shining glass and tall buildings, the searing rush of battle rage. He remembers darkness and floating. 
his magic a weak flutter even as the as an other floods his veins there is warmth and safety even as urgency scratches at his unconscious mind suddenly there is heat and voices and the safety of the darkness is drifting he panics muscles tensing and magic lashing out with intent james james enough i am here you are safe the world is a wash of watercolors. His limbs are heavy and his tongue feels like fine sandpaper. Thank you for having a nerd. That was brilliant. Do we have any other aspiring fan fiction authors here? We have one other. Sadly, I can't find the piece because I feel, you know what, I actually I have my laptop. What am I doing? Sir? So I feel kind of weird because I'm the only person who actually used like, that thing to write for. He did. Dirty, oh. Dirty Hobbit did. You should not feel weird at all. Nonetheless, you'll be reading it, so it's your handwriting. You can handle it. Your name, please, or at least the pseudonym you wish to use. None of us are using our real names here, including myself. Okay, uh, pseudonym, I guess I'll just be Sonotu. It's my Sith Lord name, I guess. <laughs> your Sith Lord name. Very nice. So, uh... Your name of the story, and then you may proceed. Well, this is an original fiction. I just called it, titled it uh, Racer X for now until I find something better to call it. And here it goes. The sounds of car engines blended together in the stillness of the night, projecting one loud roar of steel and, steel and metal. Racer surveyed his competition along the starting line as each driver pulled up one by one. Five other racers would try to claim the mantle of Street King tonight and all of them made sure to bring their best machines. Two of them Racer was already acquainted with. Rye was the man who pulled him into the, into the night racing scene and held the coveted crown before he did. His red GTO custom, or his red custom GTO, had been on more winning sides of races than losses, and the deep rumble of his engine tonight told Racer that his former mentor would once again push him with everything that he had tonight. The other driver Racer recognized called himself Edge, and there was no sense of brotherhood or respect between the two. Edge was a dirty racer and short-tempered if that wasn't enough. In more than a couple of close wins, Racer had bruised his pride and wrecked a couple of his uh, rides. And tonight, his 350Z hummed with an electric and urgent hunger as if both car and driver both were tuned for, the, for tonight's race. The other three racers were all new faces and relatively, relatively new reputations, all looking to take a share of the, the lucrative pool of cash up for grabs this night. Racer took in the sounds of their engines, the thrum of their exhausts on their cars, the hiss of their nitrous tanks purging. They show, oh, sorry. They were all show, he surmised, except for one of them that caught his eye. Compared to the others, she had made almost no noise, but before his trained ear, he detected the light whistle of an expensive supercharger turbo system on what looked like a Corvette model yet to be released. This woman had put money and detail into this vehicle, more than anyone there. As he pulled next to him, he decided he would take advantage of her as best as he could, seeing as he was only here for the money. As she pulled up beside him, he rolled down his window and uh, got her attention. And, uh, uh, sorry, I'm like making this up as I go now because I didn't get a chance to write. And as she uh, pulled up beside him, he rolled down his window, caught her attention, and proposed a bet to her uh, for more money than the pool was worth. She gave him a, a confident look and nodded her head. No words were spoken between the two, 
and they went and faced back to the starting line. Somebody came up beside, came up between the cars, and counted down three, two, one. Tires roared, or tires squealed, engines roared as every car took off, and that's it. Thank you. That was that was unbelievable. I'm impressed how the quality of the the fan fiction is in this in this room. I'm not, I'm not I'm not kidding. I, to me, fan fiction has fan fiction has evolved. Honestly, I and how a pro apropos that my first episode I read was a uh, Pokemon fan fiction in which I had Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z and Trunks meet Pikachu somehow, some way. It was. It, it was an interesting tale by anime fan 18x but nonetheless um, I evolved into having the show here where I have these these epic fan fictions being read by people who just wrote them and I'm I'm rather impressed by the speed and the skill in which you have that's from the heart now does anyone else have any and fan fiction they'd like to share no well <clears throat> I'm going to see what I can do Chapter one, Ghost of a Chance. This is something I'm working on now. Something I'm working on now is not fan fiction, unfortunately. Chapter one, Ghost of a Chance. The sun dipped into the horizon as Eckhard the Enchanter walked up the hill to join his companions. He took logs from a pile and placed them in a stone circle. He closed his eyes and chanted as the wood glowed an orange hue. He stroked his long white beard. Have we any word on the enemy raiders? Softledge. Crouched by the low burning embers and wrapped silver wires on her loot, I have set a perimeter. We should be alerted to their presence when they are a mile from approach. He looked to his dwarf companion. I take it that you and your thief took care of the rest? Aye, lad, the dwarf said. I suggested she set traps around the main path to the village and gathered some food, and with that he reached into his satchel and pulled out two dead rabbits. I admit, I had not much luck with our hunt, but this will satiate us for the time being. I spread word to the villagers, barricade themselves in their home, Sophie had said. Indeed, they took heed to my word. They are doing just that. A card pulled a few blades of grass from the ground and released them. An ill will blows, my friends. There's not much left to eat our meal. Pray to the gods for a blessing in battle and take rest. He turned to the slender thief. Gerwin, I know this is your first battle. Are you ready to fight along our side? The slender woman took out her daggers and slid along the pelt of the rabbit. I'm as ready as can be expected, she remarked. I still question if the armor I brought in town will be enough protection. Whatever do you mean? Sophie had said. I know this is my first adventure, but the armor I have exposes my midriff. Worry not, so go in Moonshadow, she smiled. The magical properties of the armor will allow for all protection you need. She stood and brushed her fingers along her midsection. Besides, it distracts the enemy in battle before our weapons plunge into their hides, she giggled. Do I wear it well or not? Gerwin rolled her eyes as Sophie had twirled and went back to her loot and twisted the the turning pegs. She slipped the fur from the rabbit and broke the bones on its legs and arms. Dinner's almost ready for cooking. The dwarf took his canteen and poured a bit of water on them to wash the blood from the pelts before he rested them by the fire. Do we know the number of our enemy? I have tempted to consult my runes, Druk. I understood that only a few goblins have approached the village in the last few days. But they do not put up much resistance from the pitchforks and torches the villagers used against them days ago. 
That's good, right? Gerwin asked. They may be young thief, Eckhart added, but the ones that approached may be a scouting party. It is of little matter. I swear by my ancestors of the Mountain Thrust clan that we will have a most glorious of battles, the dwarf said as he thrust his sword into the ground. Then why did you ask how many there were, the thief mumbled. She found a couple of sticks and skewered the rabbit meat. Thank you. That was a bit of the excerpt. Don't roll a one. They all get killed. So <laughs> they all get killed in chapter one. So in having done this for five years, I don't know if I'm going to be doing this for another five. Although considering how long it takes me sometimes between episodes to go, it could be another five years before I hit 100. I'm hoping that one day I too can, can be as free as some of you fan fiction writers out there. That's, that's the jealousy that I have. I can't write as fast as a lot of you. But I then take solace and think about how late I am. How I'm going to go back to my house at the SunTrust building, and I'm going to get my massage tomorrow as part of my rider. You really should include that in your riders. Anyway, thank you for coming to Pretentious Internet Theater. It has been a pleasure. I'm Andrew Cook, your host. You can email me on the pitpodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on pitpodcast.com. And of course, I'm on Facebook and Twitter. I want you all to remember that there is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes pretentious internet theater. Good night, and the pleasure was all yours.